Welcome back to the Girls Talk Ag podcast, Plowing Through the Manure Online. We are super excited about our guest this week. Um, Kelly Watley is here with us. She's going to talk cotton. Harvey, being a farm mom in South Texas, um, I'm sure maybe football will come up in the discussion. I'm not sure if that's a law in Texas or not, but she's going to fill us in. Uh, Kelly, say hi. Uh, Oh, before you do, though, I have to introduce my partners in crime, uh, Jen and Karen, because they are both here. Jen, say hi. Yeah, there they are. Look at them. They're so trained. They're just all at the same time. Is Riggs there, Karen? Do, she Rickley is. usually is barking. She has a bone in her mouth, so. Oh. Cool. So, Kelly, tell us about yourself. Uh, fill us in. You're a mother of two, um, two older children, so you, you can, can explain what it's like to look at your spawn and realize why hamsters eat theirs, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. We are, we are so, the light is at the end of the tunnel. If we can get through these next eight or nine months, it'll be, it'll be a miracle, but we're going to get through it. So, so yeah. You are um, on your way. Totally, totally. We have a newly minted 21-year-old who is a junior at Texas A&M. And if anybody knows anything about A&M, um, he gets his Aggie ring this week. So we're very, very excited. That's a, that's a big my, deal. My sister graduated from A&M. Awesome. Texas A&M. Yep. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Long time ago, but yeah. Well, it was a long time ago for me too, but that's okay. <laughs> and then we have a 17-year-old who is a senior in high school and trying to decide where he wants to go next year. So that's where we are with that. That is fun. I miss being 17 and wonder what my next biggest step was. Uh, you don't, Jen? No. I do. I had so oh, much God. fun. I have no me. worries. My only thing I wanted was to be an adult, like a moron. <laughs> and now you, you know, know better. Yeah. So if I could go back and like, it'd be like I'm Billy Madison, you know, and the kid's like, I want to go to hike school, Billy. And he's like, stay where you are. Like, that would be me to 17 year old Angie. Like, enjoy your Bonneville and your lack of worries because it gets Bonneville. way worse. <laughs> it is. I mean, Bonneville. But the, the lack of worries is great. But yeah, I think, I think there are a lot more worries now than like when we were 17. I oh, agree. I'm sure. Yeah. There's a new show coming out on A&E um, about like they sent these adults back. So it's like, did you ever watch Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore when she was like an adult and she went back as a reporter or whatever and she was right. undercover? Well, that's what they did. Like for real now is they have a bunch of adults that have went back to high school and they spent like an entire year pretending they were a high schooler. Oh God, no, that would just no, oh, no, isn't thank that you. illegal? I yeah. don't know. Well, I think it's like you progressed into like other areas, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's illegal to. They all look young, but it comes out in October. And I told Carl I wanted to watch it, and he just rolled his eyes. So I'm like, that'll probably have to go along with my teen mom addiction that I'm embarrassed by. Like, I, he walks in the house and I shut it off. Like, I would rather pretend I was watching porn than, like, Teen Mom. But anyway. <laughs> no, no, I don't watch that dribble. It's full of non-smartness. But, I, so Kelly, I would be that person who went back to high school now and be like, yeah, you're popular. You'll be a loser someday. So just get out of the way. <laughs> Pretty I, much. I couldn't do that. I, I, I couldn't. No thanks. Well, I'm. I guess I'm glad I'm not a high schooler now. It was way more totally. fun, like 
when life didn't expect things of you once you graduated. So Kelly, tell us about you guys, uh, your farm in South Texas. Tell us where you're at, what you farm. Um, fill us in on all the good stuff that is Watley Farms. Is sure, that the name sure. of the, that's the name of the farm, right? Watley uh, Farms. Yeah, we so, are, we are yeah. J&K Watley Farms because my father-in-law, I guess, was Watley Farms. But uh, my husband is um, longtime South Texas family. I think he is uh, for sure the fourth generation to farm some of the same land. Um, I met him at A&M and uh, I'm actually from Tennessee. So I'm way far. Oh, wow. I'm way far from home. My dad went there. My grandfather went there. It was far enough away from where I lived in Tennessee that, um, you know, my parents couldn't show up on my doorstep. But um, so we so we met in college and uh, he always knew he wanted to come back and farm. And uh, so we did. And I guess this year was our 20, I guess our 23rd crop. So so we've been doing it a while. He knows what he's doing. I still don't know. I'm still kind of in the dark about a lot of it. But um, you could never have convinced me in high school that I would be the one married to a farmer (laughs) and actually like it. Our um in in Tennessee in high school we had a city school and a county school and I went to the city school and you know when we played our rival that was the county school you know we chanted that's all right that's okay we're gonna own your farm one day oh and, wow yeah that's funny that's funny <laughs> no it's really that. not <laughs> well I mean a little bit it's it's how about it's creative I guess I guess so but you know so I was. You know, it was a small town, but, you know, still city girl here, no, no dealings with FFA, no dealings with anything ag. Um, met John, we moved home, started farming. We farm cotton, uh, grain sorghum, corn, and um, it is Texas, so we do have cattle. But um, it's been a fabulous way to, to raise our two kids. I, I have no complaints about it at all. Except, you know, I have complaints about making a living in ag. I have no complaints about raising a family in ag. It's been great. So, so yeah. So what was your major at A&M? Economics. Okay. And like regular economics. Same concept. Not, yeah. yeah. But, but it all works. So economics is economics, you know, laws yeah. of supply and demand. Exactly. And yeah. Things exactly. of that nature. Like it applies pretty much anywhere. I wouldn't know, of course, cause I have an English degree from a liberal arts school. So like when people start asking me questions, I'm like, ah, that's for someone much smarter than me. I'm a market to market person, guy. So. That's well, that's a lot of people are and and do well for it. So, um, well, and and my husband doesn't have an ag degree. His parents are like, um, go get something. So if you need an off farm job, you have something outside oh, of ag. And yeah. so his his degree was uh, sports management. So, oh wow, really. Yeah, that's way out. Yeah, yeah way that's out. Interesting. But, but you know, he loves sports, so it 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 made sense. Yeah, yeah, that would make perfect sense. So you guys met in college, then love at first sight kind of deal. Graduated? Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> I I don't know about the love at first sight, but um, what 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 once we figured it out, it's like okay, how fast can we get out, and when can we get married? Because I, oh. the gravy train, the gravy train was going to be off for me the moment I got married. So I needed to have that degree and have school paid for. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was everything was going to be shut down as soon as possible. So you guys totally. So you met, got married, had kids. Like so, this would have been. You said it's your twenty what crop? Twenty third crop. 
Okay, so, so yeah, yeah, we've been, we've been married for twenty four years. So nine, the mid nineties was when you start. I mean, you started when it was pretty ninety three, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we got married ninety two, so we're twenty five years. So yeah, yeah. So you guys are. I mean, really, you've seen all sides of agriculture. Pretty much anyone that's been in the business now for for over twenty years has seen a significant. You know, like you've seen the ebbs totally. and flows. Like you've seen totally, the, the totally. But both in both in markets and in actual crop in the field, we have actually we we have zeroed out completely one year. Um, we took our boys on vacation at the end of July and August, and that's normally our harvest time because we oh, wow. were completely zeroed out and uh, due to drought. And then um, you know we've seen good cotton prices and bad cotton prices, and this year actually was probably. Um, the best cotton crop we have ever raised. It was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yes, production-wise. And then uh, pricing-wise, pri- of course, has been, yeah. Yeah, pricing's been, eh. And um, when it comes down to it, uh, because not all, okay, so we were completely, we were completely harvested by the time the hurricane hit. We had n- okay. nothing in the field. Everything was at the gin, but it wasn't all ginned out. There were still so that- modules sitting on the gin yard. So, so that's what we were a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. So tell us uh, first you, where you were in relation to where Harvey hit. Okay. Like so how, the, what did you experience there? Sure. Sure. We are in Odom, which is uh, a little northwest of Corpus Christi. And the eye wall of Harvey came in at Rockport, which is about 30 miles due east of us. Oh, so, wow. That's so really you were, close. It, it, yeah, yeah. Um, we um, we weren't sure about boarding up because you know it's yeah. a lot of work to board up. So we didn't decide until Friday morning. Yeah, let's go ahead and board up. We did that Friday. It started raining Friday morning. The um, hurricane was supposed to hit land sometime overnight, like around midnight. Um, okay. I've always said I could sleep through a hurricane, and guess what? I could sleep through did. a hurricane. I did went you to, really? I, I did. I did. Oh, I went wow. to sleep around eleven, and the wind was the wind was howling. We live in the in the middle of a field anyway. We don't have any neighbors. Uh, we have some trees, you know, on our you know, on where our house is, but we don't have anything protecting us. We don't have anything around us, and the wind was howling. But yeah. um, you know, you could hear things every now and then, kind of hitting the plywood. Uh, nothing big, but you know, like a branch or you know. Stuff like that. Um, And so I guess we woke up. I probably woke up about six. My husband didn't sleep at all. (laughs) I wouldn't have. Yeah, you sound like my husband and I, like, he can sleep through anything. And I'm the one that's up, like, pacing everything I hear, checking the radar the entire time. And, like, he'll wake up after a storm and be like, I slept great. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. I hate you. Because I did not. Yeah. So, um, but the, I mean, the noise was pretty incredible. The, the noise, the wind, um, we lost power probably around eight, eight thirty on Friday night. So it was still four hours away from it making landfall. Oh, and, wow. um, luckily we, you know, being the farmers that we are, um, we had the tractor at the house and have a generator that can hook up to the house and run the whole house. So even though we lost power, we had power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that was good. We just had to, you know. For however many days, you know, every 12 hours, go out there and service the tractor and make sure that the generator was good and the tractor had diesel. 
That's what I was just thinking the other day, because I have a friend that's in Florida and and she's really, 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 really struggling with this no power for five or six days, which anyone would be right. You know, but I grew up on a farm, so we always had the tractor run generator. And then when as an adult, like one of the first purchases I made when I had an okay amount of money, because I hate being without power more than anything and a decent generator to run, you know, your furnace, your refrigerator, a few lights and maybe a small TV it's like 800 bucks at Menards. You know what I mean? So I've always right. had a generator and she, they do not. And I'm just people like, people down I south don't, don't have, yeah, people down south just don't have generators like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we have and, a generator. It would keep the hogs comfortable. We would be there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what Chris could get you for your 25th wedding present, anniversary you know, present. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So you guys have the generator. So at least you have creature comforts. You know, you can make a pot of coffee, you can take a shower, you can flush the toilet, you know, and and I guess as, you know, other people that don't, I think once you live through an ice storm once in Michigan, you will never in your life go without a generator. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. That's like, that was the first thing we bought when we were out here. And Carl thought I was crazy. But I'm just like, no, we need a a generator because if the power goes out. We're last on the line. And, and We are, too. We are the last on this line. Yeah, so. that's what we are. So we're not going to get fixed if a tree, you know, which luckily we're in Iowa, so there aren't any trees. But so you guys, at least you had that going. But how, totally. I mean, what did it do? But how much rain did you get? Like, I mean, that's. You know what? They originally said that we were going to get like two feet of rain. Jeez. And um, we knew that that we'd be okay. We built our house. We drove around one weekend before we built this house 20 years ago. And it rained like 15, 18 inches in a weekend. And uh, we drove around wherever John's parents had land. And we found the highest piece of land, you know, that had absolutely no water standing. So we knew we were going to be fine as far as water. It ended up in the rain gauge, which, you know, when water's blowing sideways, how do you know how much it really exactly. rained? We had, I think, seven and a half to eight inches here, which was a lot less than they predicted and um, a lot more than just people just like three miles down the road got. So the rain was very bizarre. Yeah. So, and it was never a heavy rain. It was just constant. Yeah. You know, and as the band came through, it would pick up a little bit and get heavier and then it would lighten up and it was just, it was just constant. So. Yeah. That would be And that lasted... So Saturday morning we woke up, the eye had come on, on, on land, it was still raining. And I think it rained most of Saturday and then into Sunday it rained. So it was, you know, it was three days of rainy gray, the, you know, yeah. Ugh. yeah. I hate weather. Like we have a day like that right now and I'm just not, there's something about it. Like, it's just like, I don't want to do anything right now. Thank you. Oh, exactly. You know. But so you guys, you were that close then. You you had harvested all your cotton. Correct. So was it yes. sitting at the gin then or was yes. it? Okay. Yes. And we um, we actually, this was our first year in probably 15 years to be back in the cotton harvest business. We had uh, been using um, a contractor solely. But this year, um, the 17-year-old has for three years told his dad, dad, get me a picker, get me a picker. And with the new Baylor pickers, you cut out a lot of labor. So, Which those are um, cool. Oh, they're awesome. They are. I know. They are factory on wheels. It is yeah. fascinating. But it really is. Y- you are basically down to what you just need one person. So anyway, so we we got a picker this year, and um, 
probably about half of our bales are the round bales, which are, they're not 100% wrapped. The, the ends are open, but all around, you know, it's wrapped like a hay bale, you know, when, when you wrap hay bales. So um, those seem to, those were, we had some of those at the gin yard. And then we had some um, of the conventional rectangular modules, which are just covered. The top part is just covered with a tarp. The tarps probably blew off, at least where we were, the tops probably blew off maybe 50% of those modules. Oh, man. So, so they're sitting in water. They're getting rained on from from above. Plus, the wind is just blowing them to pieces. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, I, I'm cotton stupid here. So, you still own those bales that are sitting in the gin yard? You know, that. I'm not sure exactly what they have figured out. It once once the once the gin picks them up, they're under the gin's pr- provenance. Okay, and that's what I was wondering. So, so technically, you should have already been paid for them, or no? You are not. You are not paid until the bales are ginned, and then okay. they are. Uh, they also have to be classed, so oh, they have to be okay. graded and classed and all that kind of stuff. So it's a while before you get your money. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But so like, does insurance cover that kind of stuff? And whose insurance then if they were in the gin yard? I, I don't know. I, I really yes. know nothing. If it, if, it is, if it is still in your field and the gin hasn't touched it, you've harvested it, you, it is sitting there, it's still yours. Okay. But when, but when the, the gin comes to get it and it, it's weighed in by them, it's on their gin yard, it's, it's now theirs. Okay. So you had so some in both places. Correct. Well, okay. no, actually, all all of ours was off our property. It was all it had all gone to the gin. It just wasn't all ginned out. Okay, you know they they had picked up the bales, they had weighed them, they had checked them in. They were in the gin system. Okay, um, so they were in the gin system. Okay, yes. Yeah, so so we were very fortunate that way, and we did not right. we did not know until a few days after the storm. But we farm in two different counties, and um, the the. The faraway county, uh, Nueces County, that was all conventional rectangular module. Our our custom harvester did all that for us. And we were afraid that was all just sitting out there. Yeah. They ginned that out the day before the storm hit. So oh, that was a gosh. huge, for us, yeah. huge, you know. Yeah. Um, wow. The closer that you got to where the uh, eye wall came in, um, it blew the round modules, which, gosh, I may say the wrong how much they weigh. I want to say they weigh around 900 pounds. Um, those, the round ones were blown around. Uh, the rectangular ones, all the tarps were blown off. Caught, I mean, they were like, you found some that the only reason you knew there was a module there is that there was a footprint of, of cotton left. There was oh, no wow. module. So, um, you know, the, the higher the wind, the, the worse the damage was. So, so when it gets wet, we were lucky in that way. Recover with it? I mean, or is it just done? It's like cotton in the wind. I mean, is it? I, I, I think once it blew out of the module and it's just spread out, it was pretty much done. Okay. You know, you 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 lose so much uh, grade. It's the quality's gone. It's it's just crap. You know. You can delete this if you want, but interestingly enough, does when cotton gets rained on, like washing, does it shrink? Um, like like if it's still in the field. On the plant yeah, or, it, or, or, or in the module? In the modules. Um, what happens is that it, it washes the oil out. Uh-huh. And um, so it loses the oil, which we get, um, you know, the oil helps protect it and keeps it fluffier, I guess. Right. Um, 
I'm not even sure if that's a technical term. So you probably are going to want to take that out. But yeah, you, you lose quality and you lose yield because it, do, it does shrink up. So okay. interesting. Now, didn't so I... both know I'm keeping that in because fluffier is a technical I term. I think it is a technical term. <laughs> it I'm is sure for it girls. If you, you know, were concerned about shrinkage, Jen, right. it's an important right. question. So I'm leaving that in right? on both parts. Yeah. So and it, because it, we it are not- known for our expertise and use of technical terms at all times. Right. I, I know I very little. Something- I, I know enough to be dangerous. Huh? Didn't I see That's some pictures where they were sprouting? Like the bales yes. were sprouting inside? Yes, because the seed's all in there. Until it, gets, until it gets gin, the seed's all in there. And uh, yeah, it was sprouting in the bale. And like now, if you go to... Um, our gin tries to keep most of the bales at the gin yard. They have enough property that they've got a fairly large gin yard. Some of the smaller gins don't have that much space. And so um, it'll just be in the field or, you know, diff- different plate. Like they'll, they'll have somebody's, um, do y'all, do y'all have caliche roads. I don't know what y'all have, like what your County roads are made of. We have, we have caliche, which is, I don't even know what it is. It's white. It's kind of hard. Makes it, it gets really, really sticky. It's kind of like, well, it's it's our version of gravel. Okay. I like always wondered how Cal- you said that. On Caliche roads. And now if you drive around, there, there's there's little cotton plants everywhere. Because oh, wow. the cotton wow. blew out, you know. And we have we have a bull weevil eradication program. And we oh, have deadlines for, wh- for right? when cotton in our county has to be, has cannot be hostable, cannot have any pest on it. So we have to have yeah. dead cotton. And I think those dates have been um, adjusted <laughs> this year. Mm. I would hope so. Because there's just no way. There's no way. <clears throat> so how how is that working then for the cotton gin itself? Because then they're, they've basically taken, and I'm looking at it from a, a grain elevator standpoint, where if I were to take um, possession of a bunch of grain and then have, you know, my elevator get hit by a tornado or something, of course, then my insurance would have to cover it. But I'm just thinking about the massive cost that would go along with taking in basically what is all of your intended supply and have it be, I mean, how much would you say was damaged? And then how are they handling the damage? Or don't, are you sure yet? I mean. I'm not entirely sure yet. I know that gins on the coast have some kind of different insurance that's just for them. That is to help with this. Because I mean, like up in West Texas, they don't have this issue, you know, Um, where they, you know, in the upper South, they're not harvesting during, um, you know, during harvest season. So they don't have that issue. So there are gins on the coast and the coastal counties that have some kind of insurance and that is supposed to help kick in. I don't even know if they, I don't even know if they have it all figured out yet. Have you noticed any changes in... Yeah, the pictures are devastating I mean, from yeah, what I've seen. I mean, there were gins that I saw that were blown apart. I mean, I don't know how you'd fix that very quickly. Yeah, yeah. well, a, a, a friend of ours runs a gin um, in the Bayside area, which is basically due west of where the hurricane blew in. He was like, you know, it hopped over a bay and then hit then hit their, you know, land air, mass area. Uh, gin's done for the year. I mean, there, there's no, no ginning at all. And then I know some neighboring gins have like, Hey, wh- wh- whatever you have that can be ginned, we got it, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I don't know, you know, I guess, each, I guess it's like any kind of property insurance. Each gin has some kind of, you know, insurance to help them rebuild. You would think you hope. Um, well, it's, still, it's not, you hoped all those people had flood insurance though. And they didn't, but I guess with the business, exactly. it's probably more likely. Exactly. So, um, and then, 
there were people as you go further up the coast, like towards Houston from from us. There are people that were not uh, finished harvesting, and yeah. the pictures of that that that's what's the most heartbreaking is um, the rain. Just you know, you have your when you get ready to harvest cotton, we defoliate it, so we drop all the leaves off, and so you have these brown sticks with lots of white on them, or at least you hope lots of white on them. And the cotton, the wind and rain just drove all that cotton out. It, you know, it's on the ground. There's nothing you can do. Ugh. So. Now, is that just, the only you know, crop still in the field, like in your area? Because you said corn and grain sorghum. Had you already harvested those? Yes, yes. We start with grain sorghum in uh, July and then, um, or I guess June, June to July. Corn is July. And then we start cotton anywhere from mid-July to beginning of August. Further up the coast, and this is where I don't have a clue. Um, I'm not sure if they were done with rice harvest or not. Okay. But, yeah, um, I wouldn't you know. know. I have, yeah. I just I, eat it. So it That's exactly it. That's my response whenever anyone asks me anything about hogs, too. I'm just a consumer of bacon. I don't know how much else to do with it. But, yeah. So, I mean, are you seeing – because right now with cotton – and, I mean, I'm looking at it from it a marketing standpoint. It me up how you say cotton, Angie. Cotton? Yeah. Why? Say, <laughs> every time you say it, it's like you're – it's so enunciated or something, but it, it just, it's funny. <laughs> It's like a struggle for you to say cotton. Yeah. It is cotton. 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 Oh, cotton. she's got, it's like a two Yeah, syllable. you say it like two syllables. It's cotton. <laughs> two syllables. It's C-O-T-T-O-N. It's co- cotton. It's cotton. I don't understand. It's cotton. I know you guys are all drunk. You, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we could be drunk. Yeah, I'm sorry that your Southern enunciation doesn't make you have to use syllables when they're obviously there. Yeah, because we're we so use syllables, they're just different. <laughs> I'm just confused because I've never known a six-letter word to be one syllable. But you, you like put the two? emphasis on the second syllable. Cotton. I don't know. No, you're not you almost it the same way, yeah. Cotton. Cotton. It's like when it's Carl not, no, says, no, 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 draw, no, not the second T. It's just the one T. There's yeah, just one, one T. T. Cotton. There's two. If I look at it, wow. Just, what kind of English major are you? Right. I'm I think it's C O T N. Yes. I think that's how you say it. Cotton. Cotton. Yeah. Cotton. There you go. go. See, you can yeah. say it right. I'm going to learn how to speak Southern. You guys aren't going <laughs> to even recognize me anymore. I'm not that's even right. Southern, and I know how to say it. Whatever. You're south of Indianapolis, aren't you? That counts as Southern. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. That's like, I don't know. I never realized people from Illinois had a Southern accent until I spoke somewhere in central Illinois. And I was like, what? Where are you from? Like, they have a Southern accent. Whatever. That's, but, so have you noticed like a shift in in, uh, prices being paid to farmers then in your neck of the woods? Or are all the gins down to where, you know, because I'm thinking about it again from a grain perspective, where if if everyone's supply was damaged, then all of a sudden, you know, if does anyone ever keep cotton at home? Like, do they ever store cotton in their building? No. So it all goes. Not not really. Not not really. Um, We just, I think John said last week, actually, he finally finished selling everything. Um, There was a very slight uptick um, in the prices. It was very slight and very brief. And then it went right back down again. Okay. Yeah. Well, I knew there was in the market sector itself. And then the USDA report came out and uh, fell apart. 
Yeah. But, and I haven't I haven't seen like what it did today because I know West Texas um, got a bunch of hail yesterday. So um, oh, and I saw they got hit really hard too. But bad. Yeah. And I I didn't see what the cotton price did <laughs> today. <laughs> I'll have to look. I only pay attention to it like the week before I go on market to market because they'll ask me and I'm like, well, exports have been at a phenomenal pace. And I don't know jack about the rest, you know, of the market, but I can sound reasonably smart for five seconds. But now I know I'm saying it wrong. So that's sad. (laughs) You know, there was a there was some there was a brief positive, at least positive for us movement, but it, it just it didn't last. So. Luckily, we got sold out, and hopefully, we were able to take advantage of that. So, oh yeah, that's the yeah. part that I'm kind of like la 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 la. I don't want to know. Just, just let me know when the check comes. But you have the economics degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that doesn't mean that I, that I like doing it. That part though. That's right. I don't think anyone likes to do the marketing, but well, I do know a few people that do, and I just think they're crazy. So, because um, I I enjoy merchandising and stuff like that, but. Um, I don't, I don't pay know. attention I to any of that part. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be married, I don't think, to a farmer and then have them be like, well, you should know what the market's going to do. What are you doing? Oh, Angie, that would help? be hell. I wouldn't never it? thought about that, Angie. I know tons of women that are married, like women marketers that are married to farmers. And I'm like, do you mm. ever want to kill them? Because I would. Yeah. Well, I you know one is she, she she wants to kill her husband's friend, so Oh, that's it's the friends, not the husband that I, I think it's the friends as much as the husband, but that's you know. probably true. Yeah. Do you think so, Jen? Yeah. You're also I would say married. That's, I would say that's probably true. It would be like, yeah, somebody always wanting Yeah, a- ask her. Go ahead, you know, like elbowing him. Yeah, ask her. Ask her what it's gonna do. Yeah. She doesn't know was... Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's just it. I would go nuts. I have a lot of friends that are farmers, or at least I have, like, you'll be having a really good conversation, you get along, everything's okay. And then all of a sudden, like the market takes a shit. And it's like, you can almost tell that they almost told you to blame, like, way to go, you jerk. You know, (laughs) you didn't tell me it was gonna go down. Like, I'm like, yeah, because I didn't. Yes, I did. No, I don't know. But right. so so then for you guys, you've got the issues in the West. You've got the issues in the the South then because you farm in South. Te- Explain to me how Texas is broke up because I you I asked you at the start. I'm like, you farm in Southeast Texas, which would be what I would imagine would encompass like the Houston region. And you're like, no, right. South South e- now, Texas. Southeast Texas is like Houston, that area. We're for we're three hours. From, we're three hours south of Houston. South so, of Houston. Okay. Yes. And we are, we're like three hours southwest of Houston, two hours south of San Antonio. We are South Texas. So okay. we have, we have, we have lots of really good tacos and Mexican food. So you're not far from Port Aransas. Is that correct? Oh, correct. No, it, it takes us mm, 35 minutes to get to Port Aransas or at least to get Port to the Aransas ferry. Because that's where I spent spring break in college. But anyway. <laughs> You even you don't remember where it's at then, Karen, you lying liar from Liarville. Like I remember just, that, but I couldn't tell you much about the rest of the week. But yeah. I was gonna I say, got drunk like, in Mexico when I wasn't twenty one. I made it out alive. Yeah, yeah. Well there yeah. you go. Well, there you one go. kid Karen Don't ask Karen for a kid. Yeah. She only has the one now. 
So, so okay. we we are far enough south that um, if we head further south for football games, um, we, we we play in a district that we've got to go far enough south that we've got to go through Border Patrol to get back home. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine. And Border, you know, you've got Border Patrol that's Seriously? at the border, and then you have Border yeah. Patrol that's not at the border. It's, you know, like and a ways from the border. Yeah. So you're not, like, yeah. playing football in Mexico. No, no. But you yeah, have to we're, go we're through the border all, patrol because there's it's different checks, you know, as you get okay. farther. Wow. Right. I didn't know that. That's crazy. There is not in Canada. There, like, there they're just there, like. There's not in Indiana either. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, border patrol is only in Chicago, Jen. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> Indiana is the meat in like the mid America sandwich, just like <laughs> Iowa. Like. Wow, that's crazy. So, so do you yeah. have to have passports or, or is no. it like an enhanced driver's license? Like, yeah, like- no, no, because we as as long as you as long as you stay in Texas in the United States, you're 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 good. But oh. but they they ask you know they'll ask you if you're a U.S. citizen. Um, like when my guys go hunting, they'll sometimes check out you know what's in the truck. Um, you know that kind of stuff. Um, Make sure you got it's no just pass- a, extra it's, passengers. Exactly. Exactly. That's where, you know, usually the drug dogs are. No bend over um, or anything? Oh, the drug dogs are there? That no, no bending over. over. Okay, thank Okay. Oh, wow. That's, that's intense. Yeah, you, you just get in your car. You know, you're just in your car. You usually don't get out. They'll just, you know, they're just checking things out. So. Wow. Okay. I don't, I, I guess it's useful because, uh, you know, I, a lot of times when you go through, you see somebody pulled over the side and they're ripping through their vehicle and, are finding things they're not supposed to find. So. Now, is that something that concerns you? Like, I, I know this isn't part of the conversation that we were going to initially have, but welcome to the Girls Talk Ag podcast, where we, you know, the points are it's made up. Whatever. Um, is that something that you deal with on a, a daily basis? Like, is that something that you have concern with? Because immigration has become such a hot button issue, and we don't have to get overly political, of course, or anything like that. But have you noticed in your area? Is that a concern that you have being that um, far south or no? We are far enough north that it's not really an issue um, here. Okay. As far as um, by the time if someone gets this far, they're in a vehicle and they keep going. Um, where we, where my, uh, guys hunted outside of Laredo on a giant ranch, they would see, you know, people on foot. Oh, wow. Uh, going through or see evidence where they had come through and broken into the, um, you know, into the, the, the camp, whatever to get, you know, food and that kind of stuff. Um, concern. I mean, it, you know what it is? Um, we don't, we don't, we only have two employees and because, you know, because we've gotten to the point where cotton harvest is one person on a picker. Um, we don't have to hire a lot of extra labor. Um, so that part of it is not, it's not a huge concern. I just know that there are, there's a lot of traffic back and forth. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of people coming through our area heading south, a lot of people from Mexico headed north. So um, it, where, where we are, it, it's not a, humongous concern other than you know i mean i i know I'm, i know that we have got to know people who um are not necessarily here legally yeah um it's just not it's just not that big of a deal you know i mean it's it's just not that big of a deal it's More just something you through town as opposed to somewhere they're gonna stay exactly exactly i mean we're, we're not we're barely a dot on a map so you know there's we're not, not very much. important yeah 
Which exactly. is great. I mean, that's, uh, I think, in life anymore. I think that's one of the, I don't know. I always think about that when, when there's conversations about different things that could have, you know, could happen, whether it's a terrorist attack or this or that. And I mean, you're not free from it in middle America by any means. You know what I mean? There's always a risk of something happening. But... Yeah, the likelihood of it is is far less when you're in, like you said, a, a dot on the map, you know, exactly sort of deal, at least at this we, point. We, we don't have anything anybody really wants. I think as I think as um, people, you know, over the years, as more and more people have come into the United States, whether legally, illegally, however, um, and have gone further north, it's not quite. I think it used to be an issue. It's not an issue anymore because they're not stopping here. They're way too close to the border here. Whereas, you know, if they go on further, you know, if they get into the, into city, the interior, likely to be found. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Who, who, who's going to think twice about somebody in Houston that they don't know. They think twice about somebody they don't know in our little town. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. I wondered. But, that's why, because I mean, you hear about it all the time about Texas kind of being Texas, Arizona, you know, right along the the border states, right there. Right. Of course, you well, know, you hear about it is, pretty often. Is that we don't rely on we're like you know with our crops, we don't need any migrant workers. We don't need temporary work. Mm-hmm. You know, people come in temporarily to harvest. So that's not our labor pool. Yeah, you know, yeah, you don't so, know so produce it's, it's, or citrus or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So it, it's they actually just had an article this morning. I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet about Michigan farm workers because it is a it's a huge deal where I come from because of all of the orchards and um, produce. Yeah. Berries, produce, you know, asparagus. Yeah. Um, hogs like we have a, a crap load of hogs now and, and things like that. And it's really just been a major issue. Uh, the potato farms. I mean, everywhere. You look in in Michigan; it's it's kind of been an issue, but um, we always had really good luck on the farm and stuff like that. But we're at the same time, like I said, we're not a border state where you have the the real concern over all of the things that were politicized this past year or two. Right. And and you know, our biggest concern is like Mike Sims coming over from Canada and taking our Red Bull kind of deal right now. I'm sick of him smoking stuff up there and ruining the air down here. <laughs> That's just it, Michael. But uh, so yeah, so you you're you're experiencing then like it's always hot then where you're at. I'm Pretty guessing much. you drop down into Mexico just for fun. No, no, no. It it no, not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. When uh, when we were in college, I we knew kids all the time that went over, you know, to Mexico. Um, I'm sure my husband went in high school, right? You know, across the border. Um, it's it's not the safest place to to do that anymore. Yeah. You know, we used to, when, when we first got married, we would, you know, go down to one of the border towns and go across and, you know, you could, you know, get tile and, and get vanilla and, you know, yeah. Yeah. a little getaway and people really don't do that much anymore. So. Yeah. Well, it's not too far away. I didn't think where that, I don't know. I never really read about it, but the couple that were like, we drank liquor and then we blacked out. <laughs> Wasn't that in, um, I think, that was, that's got to be like Cozumel or it was Cabo, or, I thought. Was it? Cabo? I think it was yeah. Cabo. I don't. That's know. far away. No, All we I went down when I asked like Miguelis or something like that. I, yeah, it wasn't somewhere you'd go nowadays, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, I'm not. I'm not allowed to go on any vacation anywhere where anti-aircraft gun guns follow your plane in. <laughs> I'm not. Really? Do they in New Mexico? Probably the cartels. 
I don't know. I just was told a long time ago. I said, let's go on a beach vacation. And Chris was like, no. Anywhere (laughs) where anti-aircraft guns have to follow your (laughs) aircraft. Chris won't go to a beach because his ass is too white. Right. (laughs) I thought... But I thought everyone from the Midwest went to somewhere in Mexico no. or an island somewhere every year. You would think it seems that. to be a pretty common Iowa thing. My brother not. went to Mexico and met his wife from England. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Can I honestly say I think everyone else in the state probably does. All our friends do. Everyone I know does. Chris Campbell and Jennifer, hell no. But you got you that go motorcycle, so you just go around the county. Yeah, we go around the county on our motorcycle. Woohoo! That is a blast. <laughs> that is always a face. good time. Right, right. In the face. That sounds inappropriate out of context, but continuing. Um, no, I mean, that's, yeah, everyone out here, I was really amazed by that, that a lot of people out in Iowa do that, too. I mean, maybe folks do in, in Michigan. I just hung out with way too poor of a crowd to be able to swing it, you know, but... Um, we don't. We're going to uh, Dallas in February for the American. I'm pretty pumped about that because I'd never been to Texas before. So now I get to go. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's I'm, far away from me. It is because Texas is freaking huge. Like. Yes. It is ginormous. Like all the I states put together. It's gotta be. It's. I think it's probably more than that. Yeah. It's like the entire country put together. I don't know. It's. What is it from one side to the other side? Isn't it like. 10 hours or more like or more oh, it's, it's probably more way that. more than that yeah that's ridiculous see and i complain about coming across because we live halfway through iowa and north and so you have to go through chicago because of course the lake michigan is a giant asshole so it always blocks like if we could just drive across lake michigan if they could build a bridge from like algona you know directly across where that's we're at our, our drive oh it's such a nightmare though like by the time you get done it's not any different like Except for you get to cut out Chicago. But then you have to do the ferry and you have to load your car on. And it's easier just to fly, honestly. You can but... drive your car onto the ferry. You know that, Angie, yeah. right? You don't have to yeah. like, pick it up and move it. No, I know. But you, <laughs> okay. I realize that. You but have it's to load like... your car onto the ferry. No, no, no. You, you have to get there early. Pick it up. <laughs> but it's just like, it's a long ride. The ferry's like two or three hours. Just, yeah, It's a pain. It's a nightmare. It's a pain. But so I can't imagine being like, well, I live in East Texas and I need to go to West Texas. No. It's like two different worlds, pretty much, isn't it? Like, even from a weather oh, and everything totally. standpoint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. My um, son did an internship this summer in Lubbock. And he's like, you know, he gets up there and he's texting me. And he goes, um, it's Mars. It, it's Mars. It's red. There, there's even less trees up here than there are at home in South Texas. And, you know, it's just, yeah, Texas is so different no matter which direction you go, which I guess makes it nice. But wow. Yeah. yeah. Very different. Yeah. That's why. And then the panhandle is even more different, right? Like you get into the northern area of Texas and they're basically like Oklahoma. Yeah, it actually gets cold up there. Yeah. They have snow and it gets cold and, you know. It so, amazes yeah. me. It's like the panhandle of Oklahoma is entirely different than Oklahoma yes. City. So do you know like that? Totally. Kelly? Yeah, it's weird. Um, We have had snow one year when my boys were little. It actually snowed on Christmas Eve. Everyone walked out of church on Christmas Eve. There was snow and we were in Tennessee. <laughs> so we didn't Aww. even see it. Oh, really? my gosh. Really? Yes. Oh. Yes. 
Yes, oh, that, that was, oh, uh, t- we totally felt like bad parents that year, but um, we go skiing a lot, so they do see snow. But, Did it um, snow in Tennessee, at least? Like, where yeah. are you at in Tennessee, then? Um, I, I'm from East Tennessee. Um, I, actually, I'm in a county that, in a, from a county that borders Alabama and Georgia, okay. and one county over from North Carolina. So we would get snow, you know, occasionally. And occasionally some really good snow and some years no snow at all. But, but you know, there were trees and leaves changed colors and there were seasons. And here we have um, summer and about a week of nice, cool weather in January, February. And then it's hot again. Ugh. No, thank so, you. I, handle I don't it. think I could deal with it. Yeah. The heat. Because that's why, like, I've talked to people that are from, I think, Arizona or whatever. and No, Vegas. And she's like, oh, no. Vegas, summer months, like, winter. So you don't go outside and do you anything. Don't go out. Yeah, because it's so damn hot. And then once, like, October comes. Really? Yeah. Ew. Um, if you walk was, in the shade, it's not too bad. But, yeah, it, yeah. if you get out in the sun, it's horrible. It's a dry heat. It's oh. still hot. It's just a dry heat. <laughs> no, it's yeah, not. No, it's you. heat. It sucks. When it's 120, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right? No. Now, you guys being where you're, because Houston's extremely humid, right? Like, yes, it's disgusting. We are extreme. Yes, we, we are extremely humid. Um, but, you know, we're 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 close enough to the water that uh, once the sun starts to go down, our evenings, even in the summer, are are generally pretty decent, even with the humidity, because we've got that the, the breeze blowing in off the water. So it's not bad once the sun goes down, but um, it's pretty brutal in the heat of the day during the summer. So how far how do, how do you get to the water? Up? I mean, how far from the water are you? Sorry. Um, we are, the way the crow flies, we're just about five miles oh, wow. from um, one of the bays. Oh, okay. Um, to, you know, to get to Port Aransas, you know, to get to Port Aransas or Aran- Aransas Pass and it's one of the towns that got hit pretty hard by Harvey. Uh, that's where you go to get on the ferry, and there's a lot of fishing and that kind of stuff over there. Um, it takes 30 minutes, okay. you know, to get over there. Um, not, I'm not a big beach person here because the beach is not attractive. It's brown and full of seaweed, <laughs> and um, it's generally full of other stuff. It's kind of the trash can of the Gulf of Mexico, just the way it kind of curves, and it's kind of gross. So I'm not the biggest beach person but um, you know, you you can you can get to the water, and you know, it's fine. I didn't like the ocean. I'm going to tell you that much right now. Like when I, everyone's like, "Oh God, you got to see the ocean. It's amazing." I swam in it once, and I will never ever ever see. I won't ever. go in dirty pond or lake water if I can't see my feet. I want nothing to do with it. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. I want to see my feet. I want to see my feet. Yeah, I, I'm i not too picky about, well, now I am that I'm older. When I was a kid, we swam in a pond all the time. It never crossed my mind, you know, anything. Like, it was just fine. It never, but now that I'm, like, a grown-ass adult and I read stories about snakes and stuff, I'm just like, nope, good. I'm good. Thank you. I don't need to. But, yeah, the ocean I hated because of the salty water. Like, it was just, it hurt my eyes. It, like, hurt my nose. You know what I mean? Like, completely. Compared to fresh water, I guess if you were used to it, it'd be yeah. right. But that's why everyone's like, oh, you got to yeah. get a saltwater filter for your pool. And I'm like, no, I don't know if it turns my pool salt watery. I don't need to even try. It just sounds awful. <laughs> so it just sounds. It's got to burn your eye. Yeah, you'd yeah think. I would think. 
I don't know. Maybe people, I guess some folks think it's better than chlorine, but I just think it sounds terrible. So I'm just not a fan. But so you guys then, you know, for you really, you, you had minimal damage then from Harvey other did, than did, the cotton. Sure. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And I will tell you on, um, on, I guess three different days. So that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, after the storm, um, we were in three different towns helping friends, people that we knew and stuff, at least get trees off their roofs, uh, you know, try to get all the trees, you know, that needed to be cut down, cut down, limbs moved. Um, it wasn't always pretty because farmers don't really do pretty work when they take a skid steer and a grapple hook thingy. They're going to tear up the grass. But good Lord, we got a lot of work done. Well, that's good. <laughs> but yeah. those ta- the. the and I, I think what really sticks out for me with all this stuff with Harvey in the aftermath is just Joe Blow, neighboring town, friend of friends showed up. And the people that showed up in these towns like Aranda's Pass and Rockport and Refurio and Woodsboro, people took their um, pits on trailers and just showed up and cooked. Wow. You know, and provided hot wow. meals and took water and, you know, just normal people showing up was what was so phenomenal to me. Yeah, that is great so. when everyone comes together. I mean, how are you in your neighboring towns there? What would you say? How are they condition wise? I mean, are are they because you, you didn't really, you know, I don't know if it was because Irma came, you know, so quickly afterwards and, and everyone just kind of forgot or or if it's just our intention, attention span as a nation or what, but I don't feel like I've seen um, what happened afterwards. Like we saw the pictures of the flooding and stuff like that. Well, you know, what about the other areas? I mean, you had wind gusts of of what over well over a hundred miles an hour when that storm yes, hit. Obviously, yes. tons of tornadoes. I mean, you had to have had irreparable damage in a lot of areas and, and livestock and, loss. I mean, I haven't heard that yeah. number yet either. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen I haven't seen a number on on, on the livestock loss. Um, I know, like for us, because our cattle are even closer to the water than we are. You know, um, John just hoped that they got up to to the higher spots, and um, you know, some some kind of crossed over into a neighboring pasture. Some fence had blown down. I think we've got we all our cattle were accounted for. We got my son's show steers out because they're just here at the house with a little fence, and um, they're in actually the boys' pig barn. They're not even in a, like a real steer barn. <laughs> we really thought that pig barn was going to be gone. Oh no! And so we yeah. we yeah we took his show steers to um, a na- a friend in a neighboring county, and so they were fine. Um, where where I see it are the schools. Oh, the yeah. town close the town closest to our town is just maybe thirteen miles away. They have not started school yet. Ooh. Oh wow! Um, um, some of the other towns that were hit hard are not going back. Like Port Aransas, they are tentatively set to start October 16th. Um, oh, whereas wow. we normally start school. Some people started August 16th. We were supposed to start August 22nd. So, I mean, Holy we should be in school crap, for a while now. Funny. Well, yeah, but, you know, what What else are you going to do when in do the heat you guys of the get day? Out? Get this- yeah, right. Oh, huh? uh, we get out at the, in the end of May. Wow. Okay. So, well, we yeah. started about that, Jen. We had some school start. That's what, well, yeah, here, that's I mean, what happened around here. That's about the right time. Going, yeah, it just well, seems like yeah. they have to go longer and longer and longer now. Like, and, and, you know, we had school start at the end of July. So that's not, I just, I just, it Ugh. just floors me. I hate it, but. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. It does. 
and, and you but do. The, you the, just the, have to go with the flow. Whatever they tell you, you, yeah. you send your kids. Whatever. They but created a like, law, and yeah, they did a law in Michigan where you couldn't start until after Labor Day, and then Wisconsin like two weeks they would do that here. Well, and then they they discovered that it didn't really impact tourism like they thought it would or whatever, and uh, so they started giving these waivers so you waivers? could start before. Yeah, and so now yeah. everyone starts. Like the second week of all, I mean, it's, I don't really remember. We used to start like the 25th, I think, and go until the first part of June, but it feels so much longer now. Wisconsin (laughs) used to do after Labor Day because they needed all the kids still working like in the lifeguard position. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, Yeah. that's. Well, and the the other thing with the schools is that they were kind of like, well, what do we do? Do we, do we send our kids somewhere else? And there is, there is one school district, and they're, they're a much larger school district than ours. Um, I think they took in 1,700 kids. Oh, wow. Well, and then so that I mean, can you, can you the other student yeah, it, then? Totally, totally. I mean, and just from a logistics standpoint, you have 1,700 more bodies. Yeah. That's You have 1,700 bodies needing food, needing a desk, needing a locker, a needing, yeah. needing toilet paper. Yeah. A book, a but you know, and I think what is happening is that some of the harder hit ones, they're actually busing their kids. If they enrolled in this Gregory Portland school system, they bu- they're busing them from like Rockport and Aransas Pass. So at least the parents aren't having to get them over there and then still either get to work or get back to their house to get it cleaned up. Yeah. You know, it just the um the the town I know the town of Aransas Pass because I was I was in there I was there this weekend. They don't have let's see, their their Lowe's is still closed. Oh wow. their Walgreens is operating out of a trailer for prescriptions. Um they're like fat there's nowhere to eat. You know, all the fast food places are still closed. I think McDonald's may be open. So the convenience stores, they may have gas, but they're not necessarily open inside, so you can go, you know, get a coke, get ice, get, you know. Yeah. So um it's 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 still a mess, but it's it's I think I know electricity is not 100 percent restored. All the more minor electricity that, you know, it's not complete poles down, but, you know, just lines and that kind of stuff. All that's been restored. So that part at least is good. But cell service is still spotty. There's no Internet um, cable and that kind of stuff. If you don't have satellite cable and that kind of stuff's out. So you're kind of like in a in a black hole. Oh, wow. You know, if you can't yeah. get online. And you can't get TVs, you know, you can't get cable. So it's, it's just, it's kind of bad. Well, and you know, the kids that I feel the worst for are the seniors yeah, and like the little ones who are, yeah. you know, it's their first year, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I think what they're doing, um, you know, it is Texas. So f- yeah, here we go with football. Football is big. Um, <laughs> you know, like at first they were like, no, we're not going to play. Then they're like, yes, we're going to play. And so even though they're not at their own school or even in school, they're still a little, playing football and they're still playing volleyball and you know because we got to have a little bit we've got our normal crazy sport yeah exactly you've got to have some some something exactly and and get the kids something to do and and you know something positive to do so yeah and keep their mind off it because i mean as as a, a young person especially if it's like your senior year like like your kid exactly you know, um the last thing you want is your entire senior year to be ruined you know it, it by right something that was out of your control just because that that's terrible i mean that would just be terrible to not yeah. um well and you know and you have to think about seniors you know it this is the month to finish if you haven't gotten your college application in this is the month to do it but if you don't have any internet yeah right you know I, I, 
I just I, I cannot imagine how how distracted and how discombobulated but if you don't it get must back be to school and actually finish your curriculum. Can you even get into college for the next year? I mean, right. Well, I I know that they have worked. They it, Texas has now gone from um, counting attendance by days to minutes, and so what some of these school districts are going to do is extend wow. their day. Oh so they get enough. God. So over the course of the rest of the year, they'll have enough minutes. So they'll be in longer. But yeah, yeah and I don't know about where y'all from. Oh, totally. But like, okay, so my kid needs two credits to graduate. Actually, he only needs that's English well, and good. science. Yeah, his English is dual credit. So he, you know, and so if you're taking a dual credit class and it's online. There again, you know, did you start when you were supposed to start? Yeah. You know, I just, and there's so and much there of the no logistics. Online. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying. Exactly. To, yeah. Oh, wow. And if everything's been blown away, you know, if your house has been blown away and your parents just want to make sure that you have a roof and a place to sleep, is making sure that you have computer access, the you know, the primary thing on their mind? No, it's not. No. It's, you know? Yeah. People just want to get, want to, want to make sure that the, the, you know, they have a place to sleep and, the, the cities that were hit hard, Rockport and Aransas Pass, Bayside, those areas, they're not the most well-off places. Ugh, that's, I you know? don't know why Mother Nature is such an asshole, but that seems to be the yeah. common thread. You know, and that's, I, they were yeah. interviewing someone on the, from the U.S. Virgin Islands after Irma had come through. And that was the most amazing part to me is that they have no access to it. They have no cell phones, no internet, yeah. you know, no power. No, yeah, and, and then they so had two more hurricanes coming right at them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, so it's just one of those things that I, I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. And that, so I don't know, you know, I don't know if there's still um, any local charities that you see that, that our, our listenership, you know, all three of them and my mom um, could donate to or, or what, but, you know, we, we would love to, to be able to put that out there because like I said, I feel like, um, you saw a lot of information about Harvey, you know, right quick. And then all of a sudden it was Irma, 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 Irma. But now I don't feel like you see either. Like I've seen some pictures right. come out from the keys and stuff like that, but well, isn't there another hurricane moving in that people Maria are now is on? Well, Jose is supposed to hit the there's there, there's what I think there's three. Yeah, yeah I so, think. We'll, but, uh, well, yeah. I saw JJ Watt um well, st- uh, closed his funds and he had up to thirty seven million for yeah he had which was yeah. phenomenal yeah phenomenal the and and here's here's a very interesting thing um. The cities of Aransas Pass and Rockport both set up some kind of community GoFundMe accounts to kind of, you know, help with the ongoing, you know, because I mean, it's going to be months before anything's back to complete normal. Um, The city of Rockport, it's kind of a little fishing village. A lot of people have retired there. People know about Rockport. Their community fund had like, I want to say over 300,000. The one for Aransas Pass had like maybe Uh 4,000. You know, so and um, uh, Hannah Miller is from Rockport, Rockport, Rockport. She's she, from Rockport. She's done amazing things. Seriously, let me tell you, they, I, my sister in law is a district judge, so she's very in tune with local community and community leaders and the government and who's in charge. And um, you know, as soon as it happened, it's kind of like, okay, who do we need to talk to? Who, you know, how can we help? Blah blah blah. And she goes, um. They're a little shell-shocked over there, both in Rockport and Aransas Pass. They kind of, 
don't even know where to start. And Hannah Miller started lining people up. Damn, she, she was just like, started clicking she in. Was, she was like, she had stuff that she's like, okay, if you're coming to volunteer, let me know how many people you're bringing, what equipment you're bringing. No kidding. If you're here in Rockport and you need help, let me know what you need and I'll hook y'all up. Yes, she totally she was just on it. It yeah, was amazing. Yeah. I mean, without a doubt. And yeah, she was a Facebook and let's get this going. And, and, and it was, it was boom, boom, boom. It was, you know, this needs organized and I'm willing to do it. And she did it. That's great. Exactly. She was phenomenal. It was amazing. Phenomenal. And, you know, part of the problem with, with both these, these communities is that, you know, they're, they're fishing towns. There's a lot of, you know, fishing in that. So we're talking guides and people who are self-employed and, you know, there, there's not a lot of big industry there. So exactly. So it's like, okay, do I go and make money? But wait, nobody's coming. So I can't go make money. So maybe I do have time to, you know, work on my house, but I don't have any money to pay for repairs for my house waiting to hear from FEMA. And and it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a bad circle. And that was another part that they had talked about is that the people who are employed at these places, like, you know, you talked about your fast food places are shut down and your Lowe's is shut down. And so you have hourly employees that can't afford to live in a lot of ways on their own and their employer is shut down for, you know, and how does that even work? I don't know if you could even, I mean, I guess that you would seek unemployment perhaps, but but where (laughs) yeah exactly so it's just so i mean that's i i would love to to open it up to um just what kind you know what we can do to to help because i don't know i mean i know the american red cross has been deployed um but i also am am i don't i haven't looked at I'm a little wishy-washy on the Red Cross. So So am I. Okay, so I was going to ask you about that, and I'm glad you brought that up, because everything I've been seeing about the Red Cross, and and so I I always try to gauge my um, social media stuff, you know, you got to find out if it's true or not. But so, so you tell me your take on the Red Cross. I would love to hear that. I have heard, and this is only anecdotal, I have not witnessed any of this firsthand, but um, Red Cross representatives were not very welcoming or very helpful in the areas that needed it. You know, people would like go to like get water and they just like kind of sit there and stare at them like they were just sitting there babysitting these stacks of water instead of saying, you know, to me, it'd be like, hey, let me help you get that to your car. You know, what what can we do for you? And it was kind of like, hmm, Yeah. They just, they just were not helpful. I'm telling you, it was just Joe Blow, average people. It was, you know, we have um, our big uh, grocery store in, in Texas. Well, the lower part of Texas is HEB. They came in with 18 wheelers that had trailers with kitchens that, and they just fed people. Yeah. You know, I, I I think, I think that's one thing looking back at Katrina that, um, I, I think people in hurricane areas learned a lot about disaster and what actually needed to be done afterwards. And I think people learned from that because the it was places like like HEB, you know, the the, the tide, um, they had the trailer that came in with washing machines, yeah. you know, so people could get their laundry done. And it was just Joe Blow. Um, I've not been in a hurricane. FFA group. Do you think they would and, bring that tide machine here and do my laundry? <laughs> Just saying. If you show them enough, no, I could probably. I think I could probably fill up enough. Yes, right, to do to take the whole thing. I think the big issue with those companies or 
I call them companies, whatever you want to call them, like Red Crosses. They start out really well-meaning and small, but they get so big. There's so much administrative costs that you have to wonder if they've outgrown right. exactly. what they've tried to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe they should focus With, more regionally as opposed to nationally. I mean, yes, well, right. And that's why. And, and it was, it was definitely the local people who, you know, from Corpus, from San Antonio, from Victoria, that were not quite so decimated themselves, that loaded up, you know, that did collections of water and mosquito repellent and sunscreen and tarps and, you know, that kind of stuff that that showed up, you know, and that's what was needed. That's great for the Red Cross or FEMA even to give you a $250 check. Mm -hmm. But if you can't get anywhere. If you don't have any place to buy anything. Yeah. What's the point? It's not, yeah. You know, if there's no ice, what's the point? Yeah. yeah, it's supplies. At that point, it becomes supplies and not so much cash that you, it, to me, I guess if I, I've never, well, it would be luckily different for if me, the I've local never been Walmart in that situation, open, but yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. if those facilities, if those businesses were open, cash is awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when everything around you is closed and shut down, you got this money in your hand and you're like, I got nothing to do. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, Can't Amazon Prime you toilet paper if there's no internet. <laughs> if there's no internet, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was thinking exactly. about that the other day because I just, you know, it's so easy to think, well, you should do this, you should do that. But I think until you experience the situation, you really don't know. Well, and I hope to God I never and do. And here we don't really have well, anything to compare. Have- I mean, we may we have tornadoes, right. but that's not widespread like what you have, you know. Well, and even um, we have boarded up, I think in 23 years, we've boarded up for a hurricane maybe three times um, and have never gotten as close as this one. Um, My husband was maybe one when Hurricane Celia blew into Corpus. Um, Gosh, must have been 70, 71. I don't know when it was. And my mother-in-law said she would never go through a hurricane again. Yeah. And so the other times that we kind of boarded up, she's like, well, I'll take the grandkids, blah, blah, blah. Um, it always turned. It never became that much of an issue. This time, they were not leaving. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're in their early 80s, late 70s. And it's kind of like, um, it'd be a little bit easier for yeah. us. Yeah, if you would. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one less thing to worry about. Yeah. And, but you know what? They decided to stay here and ride it out. And um you know, you, you don't think about those things till you're in the midst of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you wouldn't. I mean, you'd, Man, you, I would be, there's so on the way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, but, yeah. And, you know, here's the thing, you know, we, we had cattle to worry about. We had equipment to worry about. We have, we, we, we're part owners in a new feed store that we had to worry about. Yeah. You know, and if it were bad enough here that we couldn't get back, you know, if they because like in Rockport, they weren't letting people back in. Yeah. So it's even, you worse. know, for, for a while. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So my husband's like, nope, I'm staying. Yeah. I'm staying. Uh, he said, now that when I'm when I'm my dad's age and I'm 81 and none of this is really my responsibility anymore, we'll go. Yeah. We'll take off. We'll get out yeah. of here. That's just exactly. it. But then by that time, you'll be too stubborn. You'll be like, nope, we're not going anywhere. If, uh, exactly. if God's going to take know, me in so a hurricane, hard. it's going to happen, you know. That's why, you know, it's so hard when, you know, they talk about, you know, well, why didn't they leave? Well, you know what? At this point, it wasn't the best thing to do at this point, you know, three hours later, th- two days later. Yeah. It would have been the best thing to do. You just, but if you, I mean, but if all those know. people like coming out of Houston had been on those interstates, they would have all been washed away. Totally. I mean, yeah. Totally. 
the the, the, the interstate system in Houston is designed to help run the water out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so and and they they've had situations before where people have drowned because they're stuck in, yeah. you know, stuck in the low lying areas. So it's just one of those things. Oh, it, it, it it's easy when you're not in the midst of it to say, well, why didn't they do this? And they should have done that. And well, yeah, hindsight's but. always 2020. 20. Yeah. And Houston's totally. a weird area anyway because of how it it's lies. And yeah, exactly. It's, it's similar to like New Orleans. I think it's a little bit higher above sea level. It is a little bit higher. But it's not much. Like it's kind of just a. But it's all. It- it's all bayous and swamps, yeah. and personally, I think there's development where there shouldn't be development well, that's what just they were because talking of about water too. issues. Yeah, is that uh, there were some spots because it had been dry, and it had been this, and it had been that, and everyone assumed that just because there was a 100-year flood doesn't mean it would happen again kind of deal, and... You know, and then there's some pictures like 2015 was when it flooded the last time, right? And you can see the same areas are pretty, oh yeah, pretty much washed out. So, but I'm glad you guys were able to to, well, for lack of a better term, weather the storm. Um, you know, totally, and, and uh, totally. Um, you know, I I guess keep us posted as you. you we're fortunate. More. We're very fortunate. Yeah, and, and we're very very fortunate. And now, if, wait, I'm and you know hear, what? I can I'm hear uh, more about the feed store. You guys opened a. Or bought into a feed store? We, we, uh, we, along with four other couples, opened a feed store. Um, our grand opening was August 19th, awesome. so the week before the hurricane. Um, we've actually <laughs> awesome. been, we've been, we've been open since June, but yeah, we have a feed store. It's not in our town. It's where everybody else lives. It's like 30 minutes north of us in Beeville. But um, yeah, it's a feed store and has men's and women's clothing and a sweet little boutique area because um the ladies of decided course. we're not buying we're not starting a feed store if we're not having something for us so. so what's the name of the feed store it is blue ribbon country store awesome okay blue so ribbon country and store. you know some of us decided that we were spending so much in feeding our own show cattle and cattle Amen. that you know what sister you know what we might as well get a cut of it yeah yep that's <laughs> Exactly. So, but no, we appreciate it. Definitely. Like I said, keep us posted on uh, what um, developments you see. We'll probably try to check in with you, you know, get a feel for what's happened with the the cotton gins and and the development, you know, how things are getting rebuilt and stuff like that. And and if you do think of someone that, you know, a good local charity that we can can donate to, um, let us know and, and we will do everything. I will end to, to get our listeners sending funds that way too. So we, we definitely appreciate your time and appreciate everyone listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another super awesome topic. Uh, right guys, Jen and Karen, oh, are you there? Oh, totally. Yeah, Karen's handling awesome. a Swedish fish issue right now. So apparently so Wrigley needs treats, but I think Wrigley's had enough treats. <laughs> I need treats. So with that, we will wrap it up. Have a great day uh, and a great time, and we'll see you next time.